You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th, hosted by Kevin Hart. The seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, Quick strategic thinking is crucial, and with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown, and through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. I was kind of in this weird love triangle with Roger, and, and I sort of just wrote this song as a joke um, for her one day, and, and then I played it for Jill, and she really liked it, and then she started telling me it should go on the album. I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. And I actually started liking it, and so I did put it on the album, and I played it on Letterman, and it's called Watching You Watch Him. Uh, hey everyone, John Wertheim here. It is this week's Sports Illustrated Tennis Channel Tennis Podcast. Thanks for joining us. Uh, a little different this week. We have our first ever musical guest. We'll get to that in a minute. But I uh, just want to say thanks everyone for the various suggestions that uh, keep coming. It's a little tough to um, to get these going with players just because their schedules are so erratic. We were supposed to have a uh, ATP player who actually kept winning. So that uh, obviated our podcast this week, but we have a great guest in his stead. This is, I never know how to introduce, never know how to introduce this, uh, this guy, but he's uh, a, a friend of mine and a recording artist. We'll leave it at that and we'll let him explain what it is. He actually does. This is Eric Hutchinson. Stick around. We have a good conversation about, tennis about what it's like being an individual performer about what it's like like tennis players to live your life on the road and then we have uh, a special treat at um i'm gonna guess at about the 30 minute mark so uh let's do this live in-person guest eric hutchinson welcome thank you thanks for uh you make of our little podcast hub here it's nice, a cool it? hub nice little pod i like it um so it's a little unconventional i think we need to set you know what we need to do first uh, sure. Tennis bona fides. If I told you Tommy Fall, Tommy Paul just beat uh, Luca Pui, that actually means something to you. I thought I was a huge Lucas Luca Pui fan for a minute. I like started following him on Instagram when he what was it? A French Open that he like went really far. Wimbledon. It was Wimbledon in twenty sixteen? Yeah, I was. Um, I thought I was a huge fan. I was like, I'm on the cusp. He's going to be great. And then I was like bored. I want to make the point. We didn't just pick our music guy out of the blue. You you have strong feelings about. Uh, 
It all comes back to tennis. I'm a it? strong tennis fan. I grew up. I played a little bit of tennis when I was young. Uh, I was an Agassi guy. I dressed as Agassi, vintage '90s Agassi, for Halloween a few years. I've seen that ago. But yeah. We may have to, uh, Jamie. Note to selves. I believe your wife may have sent me a photo of you yeah. dressed as Agassi. I've got some. some. I think there's one on Instagram or something. I'll get you a photo. There was some acid wash going on. <laughs> it was. It was like vintage. You player? No, not really. I feel like it's one of those sports you got to put a lot of time in just to be bad at. You know, it's true. It's one of the great. To me, that's one of the great sort of curses of tennis. Yeah, you play pool for a couple couple times, and all of a sudden you think you're ready to start hustling. Right. Tennis, tennis is a tough sport to uh, t- tough sport to pick up. It'll eat you alive. Um, so I thought uh, we'll we'll save our big reveal for a little later. But okay. um, I thought actually you you would have some insight onto some tennis related topics, starting with the notion of touring. You make your living largely uh on the road and we always say in tennis there are no home games music right. i guess <clears throat> but there's definitely home Celine games dion you've got vegas i feel there are certainly for music home game and away games there's uh the home games are like i'm the headliner it's my crowd the away mm-hmm. games is you know when i'm opening i opened for kelly clarkson a couple summers ago and like that's an away game you know like it's her crowd we're doing our show but like it's on her terms and her her crowd, so like you know, you're playing, you're playing a little more. Um, I know you're thinking of a tennis analogy. You're yeah. uh, Arena Falcone, who just <laughs> happens to be on the big court against Serena Williams. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But I, there's home games in tennis too. I feel like though, because for the, like the big players, you know, like this Federer win a few yeah. weeks ago was a home win for him. Absolutely. Like, but but what's it like performing away from home like that and touring? Um. I have mixed feelings about it these days. I've been touring for like 15 years now, and um, I've done like tons of touring, and and uh, I love it. There's parts of it that I really, really love. I mean, I've got to see all over the country. I'm about to play all 50 states. I'm doing a thing to finish playing all 50 states. I've seen a bunch of the world. I saw you're you're a completionist. I am a completionist, <laughs> and uh, I mean, the music has really taken me around. So it's it's amazing how many places I've gotten to see and visit. That being said, there's some places that I've seen enough of and I don't feel the need to go back to, but I still need to go back there. And um, it can be grueling, you know? Like, it can be grueling to be on the road all what, the time. What is that when tennis players say the same thing, right? That, uh, you know, Federer's, God bless him, has his net jets and his spouse. But for a lot of these players, it's waiting in line. It hurts and my bags didn't arrive yeah. and security pat down. When people say the road is grueling, for a musician, what does that mean? The best way I can describe it is like most people take you know, maybe one or two trips a year, and there's that feeling of like, okay, we leave the house, we take a cab, we get on the plane, we land, we get our rental car, and we get to the hotel and we're like exhausted. You know, like people know that feeling of like, I can't do anything right now. That was a, my whole day. Like, I'm, I'm not used to that. Like, that's all of that for me, and then do the show that night and like perform. So it's, it's a lot of. I spend most of my time on the road just taking care of myself and eating healthy and not partying and it's like a lot of regimented stuff. It's it's very un rock and roll. I was, I was gonna say you you tell stories from the road. They, they do not comport with our. Uh, this is this is not hammer the gods. But I think it's stuff's more and more common. Like you were saying, you know, I think that's a lot, that's how most people make their money is on the road. So I think you know you've got to be able to do the shows to get the money. And for me, it's 
taking care of myself is worth it when I can go out and actually sing the way I want to sing because nothing feels worse than like having to go out and that's the stuff I understand more and more as I watch sports is like you know someone who's playing at 90% or something you can do most of the things but you're not going to take risks you know my voice is like that I'm not going to take risks I'm going to sing the songs the way I need to be I'm going to do whatever but I'm not going to like push it and possibly blow something out um I like relating everything to sports. No, that's what, that's what we do here. But uh, you want to keep going with that theme? No, that's, whatever. No, because I, I was thinking the the physical. I have this pet theory, but you know, you have all this physical breakdown. Okay, it's it's a brutal sport now. It's, you know, they're playing it on asphalt or running around. But I think the travel has. Don't you feel like your your immune system sort of lets you down? Your rhythms are off. I mean, I wonder if some of these illness and injuries aren't at least partially attributable to the fact that you're living this itinerant existence i mean you know, you, t- you take a red eye and you feel like crap or you i yeah. mean you know whatever i go to atlanta and like you don't feel like you walk off the plane fresh and ready definitely i have a friend that says all travel is time travel and i sort of like yeah. that idea that like you get on a plane you're like cheating the laws of physics a human being is not meant to go this fast and so you're like cheating time and space and so you get off and you're like not that t- i mean like you didn't do anything you sat there all day but like on a plane but I always think of that stuff now to give myself a little bit of a break. But, yeah, I mean, these guys are flying all over the place. The one thing I do think is a little easier for tennis players, assuming you make it far in a tournament, you stay in one place for a while. You you set up your camp and have a week or two there at least, which is a little easier for me usually we're out of town that night. Um, Do you ever see a city? When you're with Kelly Clarkson and you roll into – Well, with Kelly Clarkson, we were playing a lot of these, like, uh, you know, the A&P – arena or whatever stuff that's like way out in the middle of nowhere so we'd park our tour bus and like we'd just be out there and like i was fully catered and like you were just i wasn't seeing anything we were 45 minutes from the city but i try to see the city but also like when i first started touring i would be like oh my gosh i'm in chicago i gotta go to the museum and do this and blah blah and get a hot dog and then like by the show i'd be exhausted and not be able to do the show so now, unfortunately, you know a lot of times i think people can relate to that stuff of like traveling for work is a different thing than traveling for pleasure but that being said i get to do a lot of amazing things and food's really important to me i base most of my day about like making sure i get a really good lunch at least you know like it puts me in a really bad mood if we got to go to like a chain or something like that you should have told me i would have taken you to lunch (laughs) the um that's 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 pretty funny i mean that's it's funny too because at least you're you sort of know when you perform Mm-hmm. I, I always think one of the underrated tennis again everything's got to relate to tennis here. One of the underrelated uh, challenge, one of the uh, one of the underrated t- challenges for tennis players is if you're first on, you're first on. For the rest of the players on the schedule, they don't know is is it going to rain? Is the match going to go three sets? Is the player going to retire? I talk about this all the time. Like it would, it's crazy because I, you know, I'm assuming it's similar. But for me to start a show, I know I'm going to hit at what time. So then everything backs out from there. Like most athletes are the same way. You know, you got a seven o'clock tip off or whatever but with tennis it would be crazy you do all your stretches and then the match goes long and you're still sitting there and you're like unstretched and you're i don't know i would i would have a really hard time with that what about um what about being an individual performer i mean why why did you choose i assume you could hey it's the killers and the killers are great or the killer and some people know i'm blanking who's it brendan flowers right yeah some people know the lead singer Mm -hmm. some people don't did you choose to be Eric Hutchinson and pick up, you know, like well, a keyboard I was born guy, or you, uh, so you had no choice in that. Uh-huh. Do you, you make a conscious choice not to uh, be Eric Hutchinson on the Heartbreakers? Well, I actually just 
kind of created my band for the first time, Eric Hutchinson and the Believers, and we actually just recorded a new album all together. But in general, I didn't like being in bands because, I mean, so many bands, it's crazy. Like, the Rolling Stones just happened to all live near each other as, like, middle schoolers or whatever, you know? Like, you happen to know, like, a good enough drummer that can be in the band, but, like, where I was growing up outside D.C., for whatever reason, like, the guys I met were not good drummers, and I was like, being in a band sucks because, like, it sounds bad. And to this day, like, nothing ruins a music faster than a bad drummer for me, you know? like <laughs> you, know, you know all those drummer jokes. Right? Yeah, right. The, what, do you, what do you call the guy who travels around with a band? The drummer. Uh, no, but I think that's an interesting point about a band, that you hear about these, I don't know, we were 16 years old and someone put a flyer up, and here I am 40 years later and I'm still... I mean, I think about that stuff a lot of like, imagine your best friends in, when you were 14, and now the only way you can make money is to go out and play shows with them still, right, like when you're it. in your 60s, right. you know? <laughs> and it's like, you hear all these like bad blood stories or whatever, but like, you would be so, there's got to be so much resentment there, and it's got to be like brothers and stuff. Like, I read the Keith Richards book. He barely made it sound like Mick Jagger was in the Rolling right. Stones. But that's that's a great example, right? <laughs> yeah. Hey, we're teenagers. Hey, he plays guitar. Oh, yeah. We'll try this out. And next thing you know, you're like, there's a financial relationship. There's an emotional relationship. And right. It's a of... marriage and a brotherhood and all that stuff. You're see, married to your brother. You see the Eagles documentary? I have not. I don't I don't have four hours lying around. <laughs> Put that up. I'm lying. I have more than four hours. But um, I just haven't seen list. it. It's uh, No, but it's a lot of that. I mean, what a, what a weird... And they're very uh they're very volatile people too. Yeah. Well, the late the late Glenn Fry uh it's no, but it, it gets to that point. I mean, what a weird But to go back to dynamic. tennis, one thing that is tough about being like a solo singer-songwriter is there's like when you win a championship, you know, or you win a, you know, win a major and you're out there and I don't know why why is no one allowed to come out of your box down onto the court to celebrate with you? You have to like cheer and look at them and just kind of like I would pump say it's your the most fist. Bizarre thing. You've had this physical labor. Everybody else just sat there playing on their phones and uh yeah. cheering you on and you're the one that's then got to hoist yourself. Yeah, it's exhausting. So like I I feel like there's a little bit of that feeling though of like it's the glory and the and the loneliness all at once though you know it's like you, you know that you're the one who got yourself there or you got whatever happened but also it's sometimes fun to be able to celebrate with other people it's funny because you you say like john isner gets asked oh you're you're six foot nine why didn't you play basketball and his stock answer is i love an individual sport i love it it's all on me and if i screw up it's it's my bad and if i win it's my glory and other people say oh tennis we've got to think of more team and we're losing we're losing kids because they like the team dynamic. Nobody wants to sit out there hitting balls by themselves. Kids are flocking to team sports because you've got this this camaraderie. Um, I mean, it's a little it's a little different with you, but I'm also thinking it must be really cool when you go to these far flung locations. They're not they're not going to see the Lakers. You know, it's not, it's not the the team, and it's I mean they're they're going to see you. Yeah, I mean it's it's pretty cool to go somewhere that I've never been before and have people know the music is really exciting. But then also, like, the other side of that is, like, when no one's buying tickets, it's, like, just me, you know? Like, that's because, like, whatever. Nobody wanted to see me in Tucson last time we were there. We had, like, 40 people or something, you know? And it's, like, my name up there. Blame the publicist. Yeah, right. Isn't that what uh, that's, that's what authors do? Um, it's all about the marketing uh, failures. Yeah, you know, whatever. It's all good, though. So, But, like, yeah, there's that stuff of, like, I'm out there and it's just me on the line. But that's what's fun about having touring with the band because I toured for a lot of years by myself, and that was lonely and boring and, like, um, just not that fun, really, the way that it 
is traveling along with the band. You know, you it's actually like a you know a band of brothers. You, you get together, you eat meals, you sleep in the same places, and it's like summer camp kind of. Is there anything competitive about being a touring musician? I'd say so. Yeah, I think uh, there's friendly competition to like you know be the best person that night in the on the bill or whatever for sure you know if you're secure with yourself you put on a really good opening act because you know they're going to put on a really good show and that's going to force you to have to do a good show as the headliner after that you know and so like I like that as the opener to like try to make it hard for you to go on afterwards you that's know? like uh, you ever hear that like comedians say the same thing mm. some of them say like I want the guy before me to kill it and get people in good spirits and drinks are flowing and, and other guys are like you know what if, if the bar's low I don't mind being like alright this is the differentiation right. between these amateurs and someone who does this uh, at a higher level yeah I mean it's it's cool to see I mean it's all like friendly though I don't want to like see anybody get hurt or something but you know yeah you want to feel like what you're doing is the most impressive or um that, that's not how fans look at it you know like no, fans aren't like oh that person did a better show than this person they're like this show was great everybody was good like fans think of it as like if the opener is good that it's all right that's a bonus i think of it that way you know like i wouldn't be like wow they were actually better than the stones i'd be like that's great i have to sit through some crap but do you feel you know how tennis players sometimes get fair or not they get lumped together right so you've got I mean, never mind the big four, but you've got the the Roundish, Nishikori, Dimitrov, Chilich generation, and you've got right. the young Americans. Do you, you feel like, and, and there's some, I, I think there's a little sort of alpha dog competition among them. I mean, I think these five, six young Americans that are all born within a year of each other, they, they know how the others are doing and who's mm-hmm. progressing and who isn't. You see yourself as, as a, you, you're you checking, I don't know who's, Gavin yeah. DeGraw's album sales. Gavin DeGraw. Um, I think I did more when I was coming up and younger and it was, it's a great way to like torture yourself. If like you're at home, you want to like look at someone else's tour schedule and see what they're doing and get angry about it. Like did that for many years. (laughs) Um, but now in general, I'm trying to just do what feels, uh, authentic to me. And, and that's kind of taking me down a little bit of a different path. So, so not so much touring. You're in, you're in Alaska, North Dakota, Hawaii, but not so much touring. Um, not as much touring for sure as the last couple of years. I just I have a lot of other things I wanted to work on, and I felt like I need to take some time off the road and see what sort of takes up that space because it's it's just all consuming when I'm touring. And you know, if you get home, then you got a few days or a week to like recharge. And I don't really feel like working then because I actually just want to like see my friends and do things. And then it's so it's it can be challenging. So I I set out I set a goal of like I'm gonna really limit myself on the shows I do. And what's going to take that place? Well, I don't know. And and then I like freaked out for a while and was like, well, what am I going to do? And uh, how am I going to make a living? And uh, what am I? What do I tell someone at a cocktail party? I'm a musician, but I don't do shows. And like, I, I just kind of had like a freak out. And slowly, though, I've like started kind of putting things together. And um, I have a music listening game coming out called Songversations, which I did not bring a copy of you to, Damn it. for you, you today. You told me about it, though. It's a great idea. Yeah. You can check it out online. It comes out in September. It's uh, That's something I've been like, working on for a long time. And, Wait, like, tell, 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 tell the listenership <laughs> what that is. It's a music listening game for... Pretty much it came out of a place of like, I feel like I don't listen to music with anybody anymore. And maybe it's just because I'm older or something, but like I don't go to record stores. I don't sit around and just play music with friends. You know, like... 
And so it was like, I started it just as I was like, hey, I invited some friends over and I was like, we're going to listen to some music and here's a category of like, you have to pick a song out of. And everyone came over and we had a great time. We had some drinks. And then like pretty soon I had like a wait list of people like trying to get in. And I was like, I'm sorry, my apartment's not that big. I can't do that many people. And then my friend was like, why don't you make this and do like an actual game that people can play even when you're not around? Great idea. Yeah. It's been it's been really cool to uh, develop it. So it's been exciting to like have it come together and get my first copy out of the from the publisher. You know all this stuff. But uh, it's, it's a satisfying feeling to feel like. That's your name on it. Yeah, That's but a it's tangible like it's product. Tangible. That's what it is for me. I used to yeah. have these things. I think they were called um, CDs. Mm-hmm. That, uh, but I never. I don't know because, like, I, I guess because I made my first couple albums myself. So like, I, I made the CD, but like I had it, but like I printed it myself. I knew how it happened. But this was like through a publisher, and like it felt official in some way. What? Um, well, you said cocktail party. When so, someone you're at a cocktail party here, and so oh, you know, what do you do? I work for Morgan Stanley, and I. You know, I'm a dentist. Yeah. What, how do you introduce yourself? Peace out. So I'm a rock star. I've been what doing you, this. Uh, I, yeah, I definitely say that. What do I've you been say? doing Seriously? this for so Singer, long, and I still writer? don't have a good answer. It doesn't matter because if you say I say I'm a musician, and then they say, "Well, have I heard, have what I do you play with? What do you do?" And then I have to like prove it to them that I'm a musician or something. I don't. Know, I don't have a good answer. I think um, rock star. Uh, I'm a rock star. You need a business card. To rock rock star. star. What would you think of a person if you met them? <laughs> the, question, the question I love is people will come up to me like when we're on the street or on tour or something. They can just tell that like, you know, we're a band or something. And then people will come up and be like, are you famous? And I'm always like, if you have to ask me, probably not. <laughs> no, but people, uh, come on. I've seen people recognize you. But but you also, I mean, what do you, what do you have I heard of you? I don't know. How did, I never... For a while, and then people are disappointed they haven't heard of me. So, like for a while, I just tell people we were like Coldplay or something, and they just want to know. Uh, they just want to recognize the band name and go about their day and get to tell people they saw Coldplay. I think to digress. I, th- I think fame is bottomlessly fascinating. Mm. I, I just I, I don't I don't get it. I don't get our fixation with it. I don't. Humans were not meant to be famous. Well, it's also subjective, you know, because that's that's the thing I find interesting is like when I travel abroad and you know do a tv show or something that i've never heard of but people are like this is a really big deal to do this you know and like to explain it and it's it's just funny to like you know everything's rooted around our own life and and then sort of expanded from there you know so it's like for me the number one thing i want to do is play snl but then like they got to talk european people into it because they're like what is this show why do i care and why is it so late but what do you so i've seen you i've seen you live yeah you're you're a very fine musician but clearly there's I don't want to say an act and in implies something disingenuous, but there's there's more than just playing the guitar. Yeah, that you're you're very polished. You interact with the crowd. I'm thinking of again taking this back to tennis. It'd be mm-hmm. great if you just go out there and bat balls around, and I get to six games first. Goodbye. But there's a whole. I'm the Jimmy Connors. There's an image. You are. You I'm just, pumping you just get my out fist. there and. Uh, no, but there's a whole. It, it always occurs to me with tennis, and you see this with players that have to adjust to this. There's there's a whole part of the job. That has nothing to do with just hitting a ball. Right. And you can try to be a purist and you can try to be indifferent, but people notice what you wear and people notice that, hey, Stan didn't comb his hair today. And it's one of the cool things when, I think about about tennis is also like that the uniforms can change. But there's know? a whole gestalt to being a tennis player, right? That has nothing right. to do with just forehands and backhands. Who's like the least stylish winner, like recently, you know? Like, I'm gonna put Andy Murray up there. It's the guy who he you is don't pretty have, unstylish, he, and he's got those huge not, uh, shin guard things or ankles, whatever <laughs> yeah, it's they like, are. It's like the catcher. It's yeah. like, like the guy who uh, then he walks to first base and he takes. No, but I think 
you know, clearly someone has said to Andy Murray at one point, boy, if you had a little more energy in those press conferences, we could market you in a different way. And he basically right. has said, that's not who I am, and I'm not willing to hmm. – we, we all – put the concession fork in at different points right the person i feel bad for is not bad but i i don't know i find jokovic a really like fascinating character you know and he's totally like, he's totally. like uh and he's i think he's so great for the sport and but one thing i find interesting is i feel like he's really had to like because roger and and rafa were there sort of doing the the stately address and you know putting on the watch after the win and thanking the sponsors and like i feel like they're so good at it, and it doesn't come naturally to Novak, and he's not the kind of guy who would naturally have done that stuff. I feel like naturally he would have like been just kind of like – I mean, he was in the beginning kind of more of a kiss-off, and like I think it would just be so fun if he won and was just like, I want to thank myself. You know, just, I feel like just, that's what uh, he wants to say. You know, like, I won No, but I'm instead worried. it's gone totally in the other direction, where John McEnroe can liken you to Tiger Woods, and your response is, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Yeah. I've always had a good relationship with John. I don't take it personally. And you want to say, like, <laughs> dude, you can't possibly believe that. I get it. We all have decisions about candor, and, and there's, right. there's a line. But um, No, but I wonder with you, that's really interesting about Joe. We can go back to Djokovic. But I wonder with you, how, how much did you have to grow into Oh shit! Now that I've achieved a certain level, this is more than just writing songs and playing. I need to really think about how Definitely. I'm interacting with my audience. And I still think some of that stuff, you know, it just depends. Like a big part of it was pretty early on. I started like I was just wearing jeans and a t-shirt or whatever on stage, and now like I have I perform in suits. I have like a uniform. I have you know something that feels like you're getting into the spirits. Your work clothes. Uh, one of my managers a long time ago said like you need to look better than your audience like someone should be able to spot you and know that you're going on stage and i kind of like that idea but it doesn't have to be like i'm wearing a, a tuxedo it could just be like well if all my fans wear jeans i better have like the best jeans on or something like i don't wear jeans but <laughs> so that's why i went with the suit but i sort of like this idea of like dressing up for the occasion and like treating it like it matters to you and um was that hard it took me a minute to get used to but now i like it i like it a lot actually the um, no, it's it's interesting because I I always feel like with tennis players that's always something you've got to grow into, and some players do it naturally, and others really struggle to. What what is my? I, I know I'm an athlete, and I know that when I serve to the deuce court, I'm going wide. But now you're asking me exactly what you said. Now I've got to remember to put on my stupid watch before the trophy presentation, yeah. and when I get asked this in the press conference, I have to say that, and when I post on social media i have to give this image but i also think like more and more i'm thinking of athletes as like child stars where like these are people that didn't have normal childhoods and we're doing this thing from very early on and we're working and a lot of times the family like quits their jobs to start like supporting this thing and this person's now in charge of you know funding the family and it's i, I don't know to me it would be very possible to like uh meet talk to a tennis player who's been playing tennis all his life and he doesn't have anything else to talk about because he, tennis is his life, you know, right. and, and that's definitely happened for me at points with music, which is dangerous because then you have nothing to write about, you know. So, like, a big uh, a big thing for me is, like, going out and living life and getting things to, like, happen so that I can um, yeah, think right. about them. No, it's, the old, it's a little bit like, you ever hear this story about Adam Sandler? I don't so know. That used to be a great observational comic, and he was funny, and he would go to bars, and all of a sudden he's getting 20 mil whatever it is getting 20 million dollars a movie mm -hmm. and suddenly he's in this gated community and he has a staff and 
he's not making jokes about the TSA pat down or the right. scanner at the supermarket or whatever sort of normal people go through. So he makes it this irony where you you make your bones as a uh, right. as a man of the people, and then suddenly you lose your edge when you start living. Although I find like Seinfeld is still pretty good at that. He's he's found a way to like still be able to relate to you even though he could buy you. I was gonna say he has a house in the Hamptons. I love could... Seinfeld, but I find him so like uh, I find him so inspirational, you know. But like also I like the way he treats fame. He's kind of like like why wouldn't I go outside and just do something? Someone's gonna come up to me. Fine, I'll say hi and then keep moving. But like he's good about like living his life. What do from you what do? I can tell. So, so you're you're a comedian and you can sort of decide to tour and not to tour. With an athlete, it's tougher, right? I mean, you're t- Tommy Robredo. I don't know. Let's p- pick out a name. Schiavone. They've all got to figure well, out when to quit. But this I find really interesting what's going on now, and if we're going to start to see a big trend with, you know, Federer took the year off. Djokovic is doing it now. I wanted to send you a picture, too. I didn't get it in time. but So the buses have, like, U.S. Open posters, and they say, you in, and it's got all these different players, and then one of them's Novak, and it's like – Actually, a question. Are you, like, are you, you in? in? <laughs> no, I'm not. Did you not read my release last week? <laughs> but I, I'm seeing this thing now. Is like I wonder if this is going to be more. It's really the only sport where you can actually just say I'm going to take off blank amount of time. I guess golf, but like it's a it's sort of like resting your starters right in basketball yeah, exactly. or something. It's exactly. You want me to play 82 games? All right, but just so you know, I'm I'm going to play only 28 minutes in April, forget right. it, and back-to-backs, I'm only going to play the first game. I mean, it makes total sense to me if you are feeling burned out, especially if you're getting older, that like it's really about the majors and right. less and less about the ranking and less and less about anything but winning. You know, So it's like, why would I go play anything I can't win? Right. Or why would I? But I wonder, I, uh... like, is Andy Roddick kicking himself right now? Is he like, I should have just been skipping the clay season and then like crushing Australian Open every year and like... I don't know. Like, yeah, the answer is yes, I think. Uh, <laughs> we, we can ask him that. I think there are a lot of players who are thinking about how they handled their career and said, hey, if I, if I knew that I could really pare things down or take half mm-hmm. a year off and I would get those years on the back end, I think I would have mapped things out. But I'm interested. I feel like there'll be a retaliation because, I mean, right, everything's set up and the point system is set up so that you have to keep playing to maintain your ranking. But if slowly right. people are like, I don't care about the ranking, I just want to win – I mean that's easy for like the sort yeah, of- but I think I think tennis's attitude is boy if 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 we can get Federer into his late thirties, but maybe he only plays. I mean he's actually playing Montreal, but if he's only playing the Canadian Open every other year, right? But we can get those years, so he can you know winning majors at age thirty five, thirty six. I'll I'll make that deal. The, yeah, I agree, and ideally you would see some other people rise out side of the top four the big four who are like winning in those other times you know it's actually to me it would be cool if like this person's not going to play so now maybe Milo Shranich is going to yeah um, this somebody else is going to come on um, alright so uh, you know one of my favorite stories is how we met you want me yes. to tell it sure it's our segue portion of today's show at the Jamie you ever know the story how, how we met no, so I'll pretend to tell you and everyone can it's one of my favorite stories at the uh 2012 Olympics, NBC, every sport had their own stylist that yes. taught people like me who make their living writing, you know, not to wear vertical stripes and horizontal stripes. Um, there was a nice woman named Jill who, it turned out, lived quite close to me here. And I said, did you did you pick tennis or did they just assign it to you randomly? And she goes, no, it was random. And I'm so lucky because I love tennis and especially I love Roger Federer. I'm crazy about Roger Federer. 
I'm like, oh, that's cool. And then she's like, I'm so crazy about Roger Federer that my husband. I think you guys were married. Uh, yeah, you guys get married. We were, we were married. My husband wrote a song about Roger Federer and how much I love him. I'll send you a video of it. And I'm thinking, oh boy, <laughs> um, seen seen this one before. Uh, so I, I figured, uh, well, I had to open this link because I was going to see this woman, and right. I didn't want to like have to play dumb if she said, "Did you see the video?" And <laughs> I'm expecting, uh, you know, a, a guy on a futon with right. a fifty dollar <laughs> acoustic guitar writing about his wife and Roger Federer. So I click yeah. on the link. And it's Letterman saying, <laughs> our next guest is Warner Brothers recording artist, Eric Hutch. That's how you ought to introduce yourself, by the way. Warner, Warner Brothers, Brothers recording, recording artist. artist. Our next guest is, and so uh, I, I thought this, my boyfriend writing a song was going to be some wacky home video uh, on her phone. And it she was, picked uh, a good link to send. That's a good it's one. It's a good link. It, yeah. was you, uh, it was you playing this song on Letterman about how much your wife, Jill. Otherwise, I would say, a, you know, fellow Midwesterner, thoroughly measured reasonable human being has um, a special relationship with, with Roger Federer. She's highly, um, she's just in love with him. But what's interesting is but, that- but, but, but Back up though, because I don't think, let's be, I, I, it's not sexual. But not it's, sexual. I was going to say, it's, it's She's obsessed. so in love with him and like obsessed with him so much that she says like, oh, I would never want to be with him. I would never want to damage his family or break his family up or anything like that. No, she's it's like, just aesthetic. I she, think she tells just, a story she was watching. I think it was- the uh, 2008 or something. What, what was the final with Nadal, Wimbledon? That's two, oh, wait, you yeah. literally wrote well, the book about it. Six, seven, eight. <laughs> you wrote Nadal, the book. Nadal yeah. won the one in eight. She tells a story like she saw him randomly and like a piece of her heart just like opened up. She had no idea who he was while he was winning like all those years and all those majors. And then she saw him and she like happened to get in at this really odd time where like he wasn't winning. So like out of his 19 majors, she's seen him win three of them. Live as a fan, there, yeah. just as a fan, right. you know, like so, like it's I don't know. I've been trying to think of what it's like, like liking the Duke Blue Devils or the Yankees. It's like so, it's all the pressure of being a top seed, but then like he's compared to like how much all the other Big Four have won during this time. Like it's been a lot of crushing losses. We've seen several of them in person, and um, but doesn't that add texture to this whole? I think story? so. This year has been amazing. Um, I mean, he he went he went five years without a major. Yes, almost. And uh, no, it's this year's been amazing. And uh, my wife was saying the whole time, like, "Oh, if if he gets into the final at Wimbledon, I'm flying there." I was like, "Okay, okay." She was saying this for like months, and then like we're watching the last week, and like it's starting to come together. And I'm like, "Okay," and we're like, "We're with my family," and everyone's like, "Are you booking this ticket on Friday if he wins?" And she's like, "Yes." So like he wins Friday morning. We're in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. She books a flight that afternoon. Uh, drives, uh, goes to sleep at like 10 o'clock, wakes up at two in the morning, drives three and a half hours on her own to the DC airport, flies out of DC airport without a ticket to Wimbledon, uh, lands in England without, without a ticket to center court. Yes. Without a ticket. Sorry. Without a ticket to see the match. But she's like, I'm just going to get one. And I knew she was like, I had no doubt. And so she gets, she lands and she gets a text from her friend, uh, Renee Stubbs. Who says you're, yeah, you're very lucky, but uh, I put my name in randomly in like a lottery and I got a ticket and so you've got a ticket. And so she's like, Oh my gosh, this is amazing. And she starts crying on the plane. And then uh the next day she goes and there actually ended up being another ticket. So she brought her like lifelong friend who she was staying with in London. And then they get there and they're sitting like three rows behind uh 
Pippa Middleton and the Rogers family, and um, she's texting with me. We're watching it on TV back. I'm still in Delaware watching this on television with my family, and she's like sitting, like she's in all these shots because she's right behind Mirka and everybody. So like they keep getting these reaction shots, and um, she said it was the best day of her life. And uh, I found it really inspiring, honestly. Like I, it's kind of changed my opinion. Uh, not a. Are you like, okay? Where, where, where do you? I mean, again, I want I want to differentiate. This this is strictly aesthetic. I mean, clearly there's a connection there. This is not I love Roger Federer. I want to. Marry. I mean, this is this is yeah. A, she wouldn't go. Connection. She wouldn't go for a tennis player because um, to them, love means nothing. I've heard that. <laughs> I've seen that bumper sticker at my uh, local racket club. Um, <laughs> no, but what, what is it? Because I, I, what what is it like in this is my segue. I'm yeah. Te- I'm teeing you up here. Rather than tell us what it's like having a spouse who's a big Roger Federer fan. Yeah. Would you like to give us a little vocal rendition of that? Sure. Well, I'll just I'll do a quick intro. of So, like, as I said, we went through a lot of losing years, and we saw – we got to see him lose in the Dubai final. I had a show there, and we went to go see him lose to Djokovic in Dubai. We've seen him lose at the U.S. Open. We've seen him lose all over the place, but we've seen him lose – uh, on vacation and at home a lot too. So like, um, the thing I always found like funny slash heartbreaking was that like this guy would just lose some random match, and then it's like ruins my weekend because like my wife doesn't want to go outside. Like it's like, like you know, guys in their college football team or something. You know, <laughs> like she, he loses on a Friday and our weekend is ruined. So, like I just thought it was funny that this guy is out there like. Doing that's all this, it's affecting me, and I'm in this weird love triangle. I thought LSU was going to choke. Yeah, yeah, what the totally. Hell? Can we just go out? Yeah, no. So, like, um, I found, like, I was kind of in this weird love triangle with Roger, and, and I sort of just wrote this song as a joke um, for her one day, and, and then I played it for Jill, and she really liked it, and then she started telling me it should go on the album. I was like, I don't, I don't know about that. And I actually started liking it, and so I did put it on the album, and I played it on Letterman, and I played it for some friends, and I was like, this is – this is funny, right? And they're like, "This is sad, Eric." And I was like, "I know, but like, she's she just really loves him. She's not that sad." They're like, "No, it's sad for you, Eric." So I'm gonna play the song for you. It's called "Watching You Watch Him," and um, it's about your wife. It's about Roger it's about yeah, my wife watching Roger Federer. Your first musical guest. <laughs> is this gonna work uh, sound wise here? You're you're the rock star. love you from the bottom of my heart and that's not gonna change but things look grim when I'm watching you watch him I'll give you the best a man can hope to give but I'm not feeling brave chances are slim when I'm watching you watch him Oh, what is left to learn When he would let you crash and burn He never gives attention But you still yearn Where do I fit in When I'm watching you watch him God only knows why I still wait around 
Except I hate to see you cry And I need you But there are things I cannot do And I want you When he's playing all his games And it gets hard to tell who's a victim When I'm watching you watch him Oh, what is left to learn When he would let you crash and burn He never gives attention But you still yearn Where do I fit in When I'm watching you watch him God only knows why I still wait around Except I hate to see you cry And I need you But there are things I cannot do And I love you Like a broken record plays But I'm a window pane, a phantom limb When I'm watching you watch him when I am watching you watch him when I am watching you watch him There are only two of us here. Yeah. That's rousing applause. Rousing applause. We'll put that in later. <laughs> Jamie, we can put uh, we can do a sound file for that. That's great. Um, That's I've, fun, right? Yeah, Good. I've talked about that stuff on stage and too. So like uh, when Roger is playing, I get lots of like live tweeting going on from people and you know sort of oh from your fans checking saying, uh, in or like you know random people. How's Jill doing? So I noticed you didn't rhyme Vavrinka once in there. I know. Did you, have you seen this Avion commercial that's like with Vavrinka like dressed in disguise and then he's playing tennis? Have you seen this one? And like he does the big reveal that he's they're actually playing with Stan and like nobody knows who he is. <laughs> it's terrible. One of our colleagues here, Rohan Nadkarni, who I'm looking at right now, that that gentleman behind you, wrote for Deadspin before uh, before he came here. Mm. It's the single best description of Stan Vavrinka, which is he looks like the guy who just got up in time for the all-you-can-eat buffet at the Hampton Inn. <laughs> I love good, Stan. Right? I, I love Stan. Stan. No, all, honestly, all, all, uh, there are very, very few bad but apples he's a good example. Stan's a good example of someone who like doesn't quite have like the the polish and the clothes and like the he's just a great tennis player. Yeah, I go out there and I bat balls. You think yeah. I'm going to start thinking about what sponsors I need to thank yeah. in what order? Uh, hey, thanks. That was great. Thank that was you. awesome. Thanks for having what, me. Um, what do you got the rest of the summer? I'm doing my last couple shows in all 50 states. I'm playing, I don't know when this is going out, but I'm playing North Dakota, South Dakota. Um, where else? Wyoming and Alaska Hawaii. Alaska during the French Open. I did Alaska, yeah. So I'm playing the last five states I never played. So if you live near those places, you want to make a road trip, you want to come out and see me, come on out. You can check me out, erichutchinson.com. U.S. Open pick. We'll end there. What do you got? Um, We're a month out. I mean, I'm not going to bet against I was Roger. Say, at this we, point. we think we see a, a third major of 2017. Uh, we got. We, we're going to be in California, and we're like booking a red eye 
to come back for the final just in case. But um, Renee, I don't know. Renee I, Stubbs, you've been warned. <laughs> um, I don't know who. I feel like you're, I'm excited about these younger group of guys that are like Zarev. I feel like obviously taking this big step forward. I feel like theme, theme or team. I never team. know. Team. The theme is team. There you go. I feel like he's kind of left Gofan in the in the dust. Like I feel like I could never keep them straight for a while, and now like, yeah, oh yeah, a, team's yeah. the one who's winning right. all the time. <laughs> I feel like one of these guys is gonna win one of these days, Milos, but I haven't seen anything yet. So It'd be fun, a little curious in the final, maybe. Yeah, I think uh, rock and roll dreamer you are. Curious takes a lot of time off, but not on purpose. <laughs> the um, that was great. Was that fun? <laughs> yeah, it Seriously. was awesome. Thank you for a little different, me. right? Yeah, this was great. Jamie, we have fun? That's great. All right. All right, that does it for this week. A little different. That is our first ever musical guest. These things are always better, I think. Would you not agree, Jamie, when the guests are in person? Uh, Makes the conversation flow a little easier. But um, anyway, thanks to Eric. That was uh, good of him to uh, stop by. I hope you guys enjoyed that. Um, I don't know if there are any other Roger Federer songs making, uh, making the ranks. I know, guess who? sampled Elena Dementieva's name. We'll look that one up later. That's trivia for next week. That is about the only other time I can think of uh, a song you'll hear on the radio has has tennis reference. So thanks to Eric. Thanks, as always, to Jamie, our trusty producer. We will have another guest next week. But again, feel free to keep your suggestions coming. I put the asterisk that uh, current players can be a bit tricky, especially in weeks when they play just because of the tennis schedule. But that should not deter you. Uh, Thanks for listening, everyone. You can listen to this on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever fine podcasts are sold. Feel free. uh, What do they always say? What does Daicho always say? Feel free to leave uh, a comment in the comments section. I feel like I'm just just cutting and pasting. Um, All right. Thanks, everyone. That was uh, was fun. We'll do it again next week. Take care.